I enjoy these moments together when we can open up God's Word and discover what God's Word has for each one of us today. You see, I believe that God's Word has something for us to discover and learn right here today, this morning. This is the first Sunday of the New Year, and I know I've said that a few times over the last couple of moments, but the reality is, is that this day is so exciting. It is exciting for us as a church family. It's exciting for everyone that's joining us online together today. This is an exciting day, a blank slate, a new year, a year of opportunity. I can remember back uh, last year at this time, and we were we were full of we were just full of excitement for the year 2020. And uh, the year 2020 didn't really work out the way that we all thought it would. And the reality is today, and Heather made, it, made mention of it so clearly, that we don't even know what this year has in store. But I don't know about you, but I am thankful that Jesus doesn't change. I'm thankful that the Word of God does not change. I am thankful that we have a hope in Christ that is unchanged. Changeable. It doesn't matter what those circumstances are around and about us. Our hope in Jesus Christ never changes. Jesus is our hope. Last year, if you recall, we as, we as a church, we focused the year. And we called the year the year of the Bible. And what that meant was we were going to place even more of an effort into spending more time in God's Word. That's not going to stop just because the calendar changed. In fact, you may have noticed that we, we, we are still planning on in, in including a scripture reading and the Lord's Prayer as part of our time together because I believe that that is so important. But every year, the Lord stirs in my heart a word. A word for us as a church to focus on as we look to the new year. In October, I was doing some renovating on my home. And as I was doing some renovating, this word began to pop in my mind over and over again. And the word was renewal. And I began to meditate on this word. I began to think about this word, and I, I believe that it was God speaking to me through the Holy Spirit, directing me that this was going to be our focus as we look to this brand new year. So the word of the year this year as we look to 2021 is renewal. And I am believing for renewal in our lives this year, renewal in our spiritual lives, renewal in our families, renewal in our relationships, and more importantly this morning, renewal in our relationship with God. Renewal. A few days ago, I, I took an opportunity, and I hadn't done this until a few days ago, and I looked up the word renewal, and I was amazed with what I'd seen and encouraged at the same time, it was a confirmation as I was reading the words that were under the description of the word renewal. Look at some of these words. An instant or resuming an activity or a 
stage after an interruption. How many would agree that we've just gone through an entire year of interruption? And don't get me wrong, we, we may still be in for some interruptions in the year to come. But look at some of these words that, that are under renewal. Restoration, improvement, rebuilding, repair, mending, reestablishment. And when I read that word, reestablishment, when I looked at the meaning of reestablishment, that really resonated in my spirit. Because I believe that there are some that we need to reestablish our relationship with God. You see, God has never left us. The Bible says that He will never leave us. You know, sometimes we as people, we we choose a different way sometimes. And our relationship with God isn't where it needs to be. And I believe that there are some people and your relationship with God is not where it needs to be. And I'm praying. I'm praying for you right now. And my prayer is for you this year, today, right now, is that you will rediscover the importance of your relationship with Jesus and make that a new priority in this new year. That your relationship with God will be renewed today. That we will live our lives pure and holy before God. And so, this year, Renewal 2021 is what we are calling this year, Renewal 21. If you brought your Bibles with you this with, the, with you this morning. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm so used to talking in a in a in a room filled with people, and it's so it's so awkward for all of us sometimes. This is also new to us. But if you have your Bible with you, I would encourage you this morning to look to Ephesians chapter four, and we're going to examine a few scriptures this morning. Ephesians chapter four, beginning at verse seventeen. And we're going to look at scriptures all the way through to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. So let's begin in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 17 this morning. The Bible says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity, have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Let's circle back for a moment and let's look at verse 19. And then we'll come back to verses 17 and 18. But let's check this out this morning. In these verses from the Bible, we see here in the book of Ephesians that Paul is writing to both the Jews and the Gentiles who have turned to Christianity. Both groups had emerged from a culture that promoted impurity and promoted greed. Let's look at these verses together this morning. And as we do, I, be, I, will, I really believe today that it will become really clear that these verses, they speak right into our current 
cultural climate. Verse 19, impurity. This word does not only speak to a life of sexual excess or sensuality, but rather a lifestyle of extravagance, a lifestyle of excess. You see, the Ephesians were living beyond their means. In today's world, it would be spending more than we earn, spending more than they earn. You see, greed is not about wanting money, but rather a desire of wanting what everyone else has, even when you can't afford it. You see, the Ephesians were people of extremes to the place that material gain and wealth had become an idol to be worshipped and a symbol of success. Does this sound familiar to you as we look at our current cultural climate? You see, the reason they had given themselves over to these things began with a mistake. Look at verses 17 and 18 with me. And we see that Paul describes the process that leads to a life of excess, a life of lust. Futile in their thinking. In other words, their thinking did not include God. Their thinking did not include God. And so in the end, their thinking was hollow. This is why Paul says the Gentiles were darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. They deny the existence of God by excluding Him from their everyday life. And I fear today that we too are entering into that posture of life in many times where we do not include God in our lives the way that God intended for us to include Him in our lives. And I say my prayer again for all of us is that we would experience genuine renewal. The result is a hardness of a heart as we look back to the Scriptures, verses 18 and 19. Something to consider as we look to understand these verses today is that humankind has to worship something. So when God, ex- when God is excluded from their thoughts and life, they are naturally compelled to find something to worship. Usually, generally, human beings will find some form of pleasure to worship or worship something that can provide them with pleasure. And this leads to losing all sensitivity, to no longer feel pain or grief, to become callous. They no longer felt the draw towards God. I believe Paul is saying that people had rejected God for so long that they had become callous, hard-hearted, to the point that they could no longer feel God's pull toward salvation. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 and 24 for a moment. The Bible says, That, however, is not the way of life you learn when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him 
accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, this morning, if you have given your life to Jesus Christ, then you have been given a new outlook. The Bible says if you have given your life to Jesus, you have been given a new life. Thank you, Jesus. You've been given a new way of relating. Let's look at the word Paul uses in these verses. They're fascinating. The words that Paul uses, learned and taught. You see, the new life that we have been given by Christ is a learning life. This does not mean head knowledge, though that is important. It's important to be learning and, and expanding on knowledge. But it points not to just knowledge about Christ, but also a knowing of Christ. And I believe that there are many people today who have a knowledge of Christ, but don't know Christ. They have a knowledge of Christ, but they don't have a relationship with Christ. They're not in regular communication with Christ. You see, purity of mind, purity of mind and attitude, it begins with a relationship with Christ. You see, we do not just add Jesus to our knowledge base. Purity of mind and attitude means that we have an unshakable relationship with Jesus. In other words, this morning, Jesus is our primary thought. You see, knowing Christ means that we are consistently learning and helping others to learn of Him. You see, our drawing close to Jesus, it changes. It should change our conduct, and it should change our attitude. And it demonstrates the power of God to change a life. I am thankful that I am not the same because of what Jesus Christ has done in my life. And it is a continual process by the grace of God that we are changing every day into the likeness of Jesus. The change in our conduct, the change in our attitude, creates the atmosphere within which we are constantly putting off the old person. The person that I was before Christ and putting on the ways of a new person, a person that has been radically set free by Jesus. Is there anybody that has been radically set free by Jesus that would say an amen this morning that you have been set free, thank you, Jesus, by Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Let's look at what Paul tells us to stop doing. After we find Jesus 
that's what we enter into a relationship with Jesus. Let's look at what Paul tells us to stop doing. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 25 and 30. Put off falsehood, the Bible says. And speak truthfully, verse 25. Don't let anger lead you to sin, but resolve the anger before the day is over, verse 26. And don't give the devil a foothold, verse 27. And this connects to verse 26. If we let anger rule our lives, then the devil will have a foothold and take us over. Deal with your anger before the devil gets in. Quit stealing. Rather do something useful with your hands so that you can share with those in need. Verse 28. And don't let unwholesome talk, unwholesome talk, corrupt words, cursing, swearing, slander, and gossip come out of your mouth. Instead, speak, type, and text, tweet, and post those things that build up so that others might benefit. Verse 29. And don't grieve. Don't grieve or make suffer, cause distress, mourn the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, grieving the Holy Spirit happens when we choose to live like the old and not like the new. The Holy Spirit is grieved because He knows that you have His power to live a renewed life in Him. You see, I believe that there are some who know Jesus, who profess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their lives, but are trying to live their lives as close as they possibly can to the things of this world. And the Bible says that if we are going to be in Christ, that we are not to be of this world. In other words, that we are to live our lives in that of a Christ-like way. Paul does not stop by just giving us a list of do not. Paul continues to provide examples of what it means to walk differently in this world. We need to consider our emotions. We need to get rid of all bitterness and, and anger, brawling and slander and every form of malice, desire to do evil we see in verse 31. But instead, show compassion, concern for the suffering, and offer forgiveness just like Jesus forgave you and just like Jesus forgave me. Verse 31. Paul tells the Ephesian church to imitate the life of God. To imitate the life of God by living in love, in light, and being willing to make sacrifices for one another. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Consider our desires. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 and 7. After showing the church what it means to consider our emotions, how we respond to things, then Paul encourages the church to watch their desires. He tells us in the Bible, in the church there should not be a hint of sexual immorality, impurity, or greed. And Paul warns, Paul warns us in the Bible about those things that will cause us to discredit Christ 
in our community. Obscenity, filthiness, lust, and crude gestures, foolish talks, dirty jokes, and nasty talk. Instead of being obscene and foolish, we see in verse 4 that we are to be a people that give thanks. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 and 7, listen to these words. The Bible says, don't be fooled into thinking that those who continue to walk in the darkness and idolatry, those who continue to grieve the Holy Spirit, will never find a place in the kingdom of God in Christ. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Come out. In other words, come out of the darkness and into the light. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 and 14. You see, you were once in darkness, but now in the light. So live in the light. Live in the light of Christ and find what pleases Christ. It is goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verses 8 and 10. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds. Instead, expose the dark things to light. Verse 11. Don't even mention the terrible deeds some do in dark because it is too shameful. Verse 12. And all of the dark deeds of this world will be exposed by the light, by Jesus. And be careful how you live. Chapter 5, verses 15 and 18. Be wise. Be wise and make the most of every opportunity. Don't be foolish. Don't be silly and unwise and lack judgment, verses 15 and 16. Instead, know what the will of the Lord is, verse 17. And the will of the Lord is to live in the light and to be renewed in Christ. Do not be drunk because it leads to immodesty, corruption, indecency, sinfulness, or wickedness. All contrary to where God wants us to be. Instead, rather than those things, instead be filled with the Spirit. Live a life that is full of the things of the Spirit. Truth, righteousness, integrity, honesty, holiness. And finally, rejoice. Rejoice together. Rejoice by singing and making music in our hearts as praise to God. Verse 19. And listen to these words in verse 20 as we close this morning. Verse 20. Listen to these words. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. And in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love those words. Always giving thanks to God the Father. You know, as we close out the year 2020 and as we enter into this brand new year, let's give thanks for 2020 and what God did in our lives in 2020. Because God was there and God is there. God is with us. 
So instead of, instead of just writing off 2020 as a terrible year, let's give thanks. Let's give thanks to God that He remained faithful to every one of us, even when it wasn't comfortable. God is and remains faithful. And as we look to this year, a year of renewal in Christ, He is faithful. God will continue to be faithful. God will never let you down. God is with you. Emmanuel, that is the message of Christmas. God with us. It's the message for today as well. God with us. God is with you. Perhaps you have yet to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ. The best decision that you will ever make, I believe, is a decision to follow Jesus Christ. I would encourage you this morning, if you have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, that you would welcome Him into your heart, into your life, right now, by a simple act of faith. By praying a prayer in your heart, similar to this. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, today, I invite you to come into my life. Lord, thank you for forgiving all of my sins. Lord, today I ask you to help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, perhaps today you, you are resonating with these words that I've been speaking on today from the Word of God. And you know in your heart that you're not where you need to be in your relationship with the Lord. You've left some things into your life. You've allowed some things into your life that have taken the place of where Jesus needs to be in your life. And today I would encourage you to pray a prayer of surrender to God that you would start again. Let's pray together. Wherever you are, in your living rooms, in your kitchen, gathered around tables, if you're with your family, perhaps you join together. Let's pray together. Lord, we place you at the center of our lives. Lord, this year, as we look to 2021, Lord, we pray that we would keep you as the center of our lives. Lord, we say, do as you will in my life, in our lives. Lord, today we recommit our lives, our families, our relationships, our churches to you and your purposes. Lord, we set ourselves aside and we place you as the forefront of our lives. Lord, help us to be good examples in our communities. Lord, help us to be good examples as we communicate with others online. Help us to use every opportunity to point people to you. Lord, we ask your blessing upon our lives afresh today. 
thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I am so glad that you spent this hour and a few moments with us today. I would encourage you to read your Bible every day, to spend time in God's Word. I would encourage you to join our mailing list if you haven't already done so by going to myfamily.church and subscribing to our email list where you will receive updates, where you will receive encouraging reports on what God is doing. I would also encourage you to pay attention to the emails and our social media feeds as we begin to launch ministry online in the coming weeks that we believe will be a blessing to you and your home. If we can be of any assistance, please let us know. You can email, you can text, reach out to us. If you need a Bible, let us know. We will mail you a Bible free of charge. Let us know how we can serve you and your families. God bless you. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week at 1030.